When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code SPOTIFY to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code SPOTIFY at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code SPOTIFY. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hard Podcast. It's me, John Johnston, by himself. Because uh, Greg is, uh, I don't know, he's off trying to raise a family and make a living. And Tweety was supposed to be here. And he's, you know, we're a bunch of wait until the last minute sons of bitches is what we are. <sighs> hey, look at that. Somebody showed up. Uh, welcome to Thursday night on May 11th. And, uh, you know, kind of the, the middle of the off season. Oh, wait. <laughs> there was it, Tweety. Wait, you can see me? I can see a W. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Sorry. You, you <laughs> need to go the, you need to click on the little gear. First of all, you need to show up three minutes early. So we straighten this out ahead of time. Click on the gear icon. You'll be able to set your video and your audio. And okay. then we'll go from there. Uh, oh my I God. See how, see how that works. Yeah. My, sorry. My office is, uh, in the middle of a tiny remodel. And so I forgot about that part of it. And so I was scrambling. Anyways, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> how you doing? Good. How are you doing, man? Well, I today I had to drive all over the Twin Cities to find uh, drugs. What kind of drugs? Say so my monthly injection injection I take for my brain injury. What kind of inject? What do you take? What do you inject? It's called Age of V. It's cool. for migraine people. Yeah, it's it's great. And without it, you know, I just uh, pretty much have turned out to be non-functional. But tomorrow, I wanted to go to Nebraska today and get ready for, you know, the three-game series against Penn State because we're going to have a tailgate, like, kind of mostly Saturday. But Friday night, I think I'll try to be over there and Sunday uh, over there. Uh, Fred Sacco says, was Carl Pellini with me? He was not. He was otherwise it would have taken me probably five to ten minutes to find the drug I need. And uh it, no, it took me calling several pharmacies because apparently it's a I mean it's a it's a hard drug to find. Yeah. It's an injector um, for God's sakes. I have no okay. in my refrigerator if that helps. <laughs> okay. Hi. Hey, uh, no, I I don't know. You know, I was yeah. telling somebody today that I I never really had any desire to take any psychedelics or anything like that in my life because uh, I had experienced things in my early life that helped me to avoid any kind of hard kind of drug or any kind of psychedelics or See, anything. That's a misconception though, is that they're hard drugs. Like people think they think like they put mushrooms with like crack and it's like not mushrooms are 
I would argue mushrooms are good for you. That everybody should do much. If everybody did a little bit of mushrooms every day, I'm dead serious. If you did a small, if everybody microdosed mushrooms every day, the world would be a happier place. It probably would be. But Less my problem is this. My my problem is this, Mr. Tweedy, is I've always believed that people have a quota of weird. And okay. I have a very I have a very high weird factor. And if I take any kind of weird drugs, they push me over that quota and then I never come back. Whereas other people, don't, they don't have any weird they don't have any weird in them all. And and then if they take drugs, they can just go, Oh, it was great. I saw an elephant walking and then you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's not This is a great way to start, isn't it? It's just I hate when people like talk about drugs incorrectly. Because that's not what happened. There's no elephants. We all, we all talk about our own experiences. You've and never I, taken mushrooms and seen elephants. No, I've never taken mushrooms. Okay. The next time you're in LA, I'm getting you high on mushrooms. Oh, God. There you go. See there? And then I, I won't come back. They'll be like, what happened to John? Well, he didn't come back. <laughs> mm. I've already been places I shouldn't have come back from, but I guess, you know. Okay. What... That I titled this show, What Is It With Nebraska Fans? Ooh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And the because, the reason I did this, Mr. Tweedy, am I supposed to call you Ryan or Tweedy or shithead? I don't care. Okay. Um, the reason I did this is because you made the comment that you did an entire film about Nebraska fans because you found them fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, where so, do you where do you want to start with this? Well, the whole thing. So it's kind of weird because I, I think about this a lot. Um, I've actually thought about making another one kind of like an addendum or a um, a relook at it because I have a new perspective. Like my perspective on Husker fans changes almost yearly, but definitely like every three to four years, I feel like I have a new perception of what it means to be a Husker fan. And I don't know. I don't think it's generational. I don't think that. So the reason I made the film initially was well, wait, 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 just so everybody's clear that because I'm sure not everybody knows you, you made a film called through these gates that was primarily about Husker football and really focused it on Nebraska fans. Right. Correct. Okay. Yes. And, no, go ahead. and not just Nebraska fans, but also sort of how the f football team affects the community at large, because, you know, there's really no other um, state like Nebraska football. I mean, there's no other state that has this, especially before where, I mean, so we talked to um, I, it's been 10 years, but we talked to, um, you know, the people in, in like that. Uh, gosh, I can't remember any of their names now, but they worked with like um, the travel it's board. The it, no, it's not. It's the old <laughs> fucking age is what it is. Um, fans now versus it was when you made the film. Don't read the comments. Just sorry, stay sorry, focused. I can't, I can't help it. Um, so we talked to the board of like travel and all that stuff. Right. And, and then we also talked to small business owners downtown that, and I'm not talking like the Wendy's and those big corps. I'm talking like this, the watering hole. Right. Or like, right. 
those small businesses that have been owned by Nebraska by Nebraskans for decades. And right. they make enough money or they make 90% I forget the stats. So don't, don't I'm sort of making it up, but it's also close. So it's like something like 80 or 90% of their money in eight home games a year. Right. Um, the rest of the year, they don't really make shit. That's how they survive. So if those games go away, there is no, there's no more Lincoln. Right. There's no more, I mean, there's no more downtown. Even with Pinnacle Bank, I don't think, I mean, the Pinnacle Bank Arena, now I don't even think that that would be enough to sustain a downtown Lincoln at this point. And so there's, so there's that element. And when you get, when you look at it from that perspective, then you're going, well, fuck, man. There's, you're not just cheering for football anymore. You're cheering right. for small businesses. You're cheering for your brother's barber shop or your your friend's uh, you know barbecue joint. Like that's what you're cheering for, um, you know. But so there's that aspect of it which I can a thousand percent get behind, and and so I chose to focus on that aspect of it. That was what the film so, was sort of about. And then that okay. took me down. And then it's funny because how the film was made is actually what the film was about. And that's sort of something I think got lost because I was much younger. If I was a much younger filmmaker, so I didn't really know how to put that stuff out there. Right. So, but the idea of the film and how Husker fans look after each other is how I got interviews. We started okay. with like Jake bogus from the ticket and dude he was giving me phone numbers that i never had the business of having he gave me god i wish i, I can't remember uh the guy from uh floor uh bobby bowden he just gave yeah. me bobby bowden's phone number and i was like dude i can't just cold call bobby bowden right milt tenniper right. gave me barry switzer's number i called barry switzer when he was in line at a chick-fil-a <laughs> he, agreed okay. to do an order. he agreed to do an interview while ordering his food at chick-fil-a just literally because milt tenniper told me to call him it's the only reason he did it he invited me to his house i hung out in barry switzer's house it was wow. a fucking mansion in norman like that's how the film was made so like all that i uh brooke Baringer's mom was because i interviewed a bar uh, a guy that owned a bar with the biggest collection of memorabilia. And I, uh, Scott's bluff, I think was in Scott's bluff. North Platte. North Platte. Was it, it was in one was of those it two. In North Platte. I think it was in North Platte. Yeah. It was one of those. I, two. I, I remember the bar Platte. from a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he just was like, Hey man, I know we knew Brooke Baringer. I'm still friends with his mom. She still comes in here. So he called her and was like, this dude, can this dude talk to you? And I was, and, and then like two days later, I'm like hanging out in her house, hearing all these fascinating stories, you know, that's crazy. It is. And so, yeah. Yeah. And that's none of the rest of us have done these things. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason I should have. I'm no, the only difference between, dude, I taught myself how to use cameras on YouTube. I mean, yeah, I get that, you know, 
So like, I just, I'm just persistent. Well, I've been teaching myself film editing or video editing on YouTube. So <laughs> yeah, it, dude, I've been, film editing, I've been doing it for man, 25 years or something now. Um, and it's not film editing is easy. It's telling a story that's hard. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd like to, I, I recently did, uh, you know, I've been doing, uh, really early football history. And then I just, in the last week I released, what was it? Nebraska's names that people have gone by, you know, the, oh, yeah, I, saw that. The I, mean, I, a, I watched like the first few minutes. I haven't had a chance to finish it yet, but yeah, I saw yeah, it. Cool. The, the, I wanted I, to give I, you critiques. <laughs> One of the things you could critique me on is, good God, what are you doing with your fucking audio? Because my audio is just uh, not good. Uh, I told you how to cuts, fix it. I I got a lot of I I got a lot of what I gotta work on a lot of things. So, but but I'll keep doing them. Yeah. Uh, so so when you started this, I, I mean, shrooms with a berry switzer and a Chick Fil A. Sorry, there that made me laugh. It's funny. <laughs> When you started this, I mean, did did was the stuff you had in mind? What happened? Like you no, started I had with no a script. idea what I was doing. You you started with a script, or you just said, "I'm gonna go out and interview a whole crapload of people and put something together." Yep. That's what you did. Yeah, I had no plan. I was just wow. like, I bet this will work. Yeah, like literally, dude. I mean, Irina can attest to it, like my wife, because she, I mean, if it wasn't for her, it would have never gotten made. She was a trooper. And like, um, yeah, no, we had no, we had zero plan. We started with, got our first interview, I think was Jake Bogus. And, and then we went to a game and we randomly, completely by luck, uh, ran into after the Northwestern game, we lost and we stood up and applauded the Northwestern team as they're leaving because it was a really good game, which also uh, we'll get into that later. But um, uh, and I see some Northwestern fans and I just run up and I was like, hey, man, can you get on camera and tell me what your experience was at this game today? what it was like, kind of your opinion of Husker fans. And it was the president of Northwest. Right. Right. Okay. I, I mean, remember I, that. I had no idea. I didn't know him from Adam. I just walked up to some well-to-do guys in Northwestern gear. And, and then that clip kind of, it went Nebraska viral. Um, and uh, uh, Dave Max saw it from Husker Max. Well, actually right. that's not even true. Somebody else saw it and gave me Dave's email and was like, hit up Husker Max, show him this clip and he'll help you. And people can say whatever they want about Dave Max. I've heard it all. And I'm not saying all of it's right or wrong. You, right. Everybody can have their opinion about Dave. He did a lot for me. He helped me a lot and I'll never, you know, I'll never say a bad thing about the guy. I think he's a good dude. Um, and uh, and once he started getting, then he, you know, the little little things, and we just would follow the dominoes, and and Husker fans like they really rallied around me. It was nuts, and um, and so that's how the film got made, and it was a really cool experience. 
And then you and Dave went for, you and Dave went for what? It wasn't a year, was it? It took a few uh, was, months to go around Nebraska. It was a, we did an entire football season. So we had the, I was, I, uh, um, let me, let me think here. So we, our grand, op, our world premiere, we'll call it, was in Scott's Bluff. That's why I was thinking Scott's Bluff earlier. We did Scott's Bluff first because we thought that Western Nebraska was kind of like the forgotten stepchild a little bit. They don't right. get their due. And right. so we were like, we're going we're gonna to fucking premiere this there. It'll be cool, right? And so we did. And, um, and that was a cool experience. And then we did our, uh, the first game in Lincoln, we did the whole red carpet at the Rococo and that was fucking top three greatest nights of my life. Really? Mm -hmm. So why? Dude, packed house. I mean, you have I to explain to, this. You have to explain this to everybody. I mean, I'm a Lincoln kid, man. I'm a Lincoln kid. Lincoln, I live in L.A. now. Um, I'm a piece of shit. I'm an asshole, all that stuff. But <laughs> Lincoln is my home. I mean, it will always be home. I, 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 I have to be careful how much I talk about Lincoln because it will get me teary-eyed. Like, I love Lincoln so much. It's, it's such it's a huge okay. part of who I am. You know, Alan, and, um, all the years years ago on MASH told taught men that they could cry. It's okay, Ron. <laughs> men can't cry. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Uh, um, and, uh, and and so I, I we, we went up. We're getting ready to do the show. My friends, my family, you know, Husker legends are there. Um, it's in my hometown. The week before the game, a lot of high hopes for the season. I walk outside. I'm, we're getting ready to start, and fucking Jason Peters walks in the door. And anybody that knows me knows that Indomitian Sue is my all-time favorite Husker fan. I mean, my favorite Husker player. Sorry, my favorite right. Husker player. Uh, and then, and then probably second is probably Christian Peter. Um, right. And uh, and Jason Peter walks in, and he goes, "I got a call last night." from Indomitian Sue and he said he saw your movie and he loved it and that I should come to this. And so like there was that moment I took that energy, went on stage, gave my little speech, um, just introduced the movie. And then after it, I went up and I said, thanks to everybody. And they started cheering. Go big Ryan. It was really, dude, Oh my God. Great, second greatest moment. I, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. It was so cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was just a cool experience. Well, if man. people yell shit at me, it's usually there is no hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you know what it's like. You get that thing, and then all of a sudden, you're like, you're in like Flint, and people. I mean, yeah, it was cool. Husker fans can be very cool. Okay. If, you look for the cool Husker fans. 
That, that okay, that's true. That's probably true for anything in life. Right. So so what I mean I didn't prepare for any of this. I probably should have thought you know, about it more, but I haven't even I, thought about you, this for like 13 years or whatever, 10 years. We don't oh, well, then we, you know, we have a whole we have a whole off season of content. So, you know, if you think think of things, we can do them later down the road. But as you're going through this, I mean, what strikes you the most about Husker fans? What strikes you the most about th- that you liked about Husker fans? Um, they are inclusive. You mean everybody gets to be a, a part of it? Yeah, they um they want you to be a Husker fan. If you're from Iowa and you're wearing a Hawkeye shirt, they're they want to convert you. It's very religious. It's a very yeah. religious thing, right? Like if you go to if you if uh, if I I went the only place I went where I got well that's not true that's not, there's two places I went where I got heckled. Um, one was UCLA. They told me they just kept yelling to go fuck my sister, and I was like, "What do we? What do we look like? Iowa?" And then. <laughs> And then the other place was Iowa. Well, that's, Iowa that's expected from those bastards. Right. Uh, right. Iowa sucks. Okay. What what did you find that you didn't like about Husker fans? Um, hmm, how do I want to approach this? Because there's <laughs> Care- so many Carefully? I, no, I don't. I'm done being careful about it. There's okay. so many shitty Husker fans that it almost it I have to make myself remember all my great experiences or I would hate Husker fans at this point. Okay. Because it's easy to be it's easy to be kind when you're winning. Yes. It's not as easy to be cool when you're losing right and colorado has street husker fans are worst. i i have i got story sorry i got distracted by that comment um that's okay um uh and also it's easy uh well let me rephrase that it's harder to be a tough guy in person than it is on twitter right and <laughs> So part of me wonders how many Husker fans are just fucking cowards because on Twitter, they got all kinds of shit to say they would never say in real life. You right. go on forums and all of a sudden you're talking to like bug eater 69 and he's like, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, shut the, you know, I mean, who are you? It's probably you, John. It's probably, you're probably <laughs> bug eater 69. <laughs> and so like, there's like that aspect of it. And yes, I agree, Terrell Farley's taint. All the worst fans sit in North Stadium. What? I agree. Why is that? Because they won't let you stand up. Oh, that thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like my least favorite thing about the stadium. It's just people not wanting you to stand up? Yeah. On on fourth and two in the fourth quarter. <laughs> 
I haven't. I have not been to that many games. I have not been to as many games as I'd like to. Well, that. Let me put this differently. I have not been to hardly any games when I was actually in the stands for like I don't know. The last the last one I can remember actually being in the stands for was my brother Jim and I went to the Northwestern game that we won with the Hail Mary. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, it was. It was. It was his first time in Memorial Stadium since he had run there as part of the state track meet in like 1965. <laughs> so I was like, why Why would you never come to a game here? And he's like, you know, I knew the answer. He works all the time. He worked his entire life really hard. He never took any time off. But it was it was fun. But no, I haven't I haven't experienced the the Husker fans in the in the stands as much as. Uh, a lot of other people and how squished you are up there. <laughs> yeah, dude, I went to, oh, I can't remember what game it was. I try to, I, when I was young, I was pretty weird, you know, pretty blue collar. We didn't have a lot of money. So um, I only went to like two games when I lived in Nebraska, just cause we couldn't afford it. Um, right. And uh, dude, I thought the same thing, Blaine Cole, my brother, Jim and I, I thought the same thing. Um, and uh <laughs> Uh, so now whenever I go back, I try to catch a game when I, whenever I go back, if I can, or I'll like, instead of going in like July, I'll go in September, you know? Right. And now that they're playing the big 10, I mean, I'm sorry. Now that they're playing USC and UCLA, I'll be able to go to more games. Right. And hopefully Oregon and Washington would be dope too. So what, uh, Going back to the, your film, because, you know, we, what you said you thought about making another one. Mm hmm. Well, because what about what's this one going to be about? It probably will never happen. But if it did, I think it would be about Husker fans having lost their way. Really? Mm hmm. I, I honestly, you know think how that. to. Do you know how to tell this story? I, I, I think you let the story tell itself. I don't think you have to tell a story. I think that it, my favorite documentaries are the ones where the guy thinks he's telling one story. And then at the end, it's not what he thought it was. Like, if you've ever seen that one on Netflix about the steroids in Russia and the guy like takes steroids to ride his bicycle better and he documents it as a documentary and then all of a sudden next thing he knows he's in the middle of hiding a fucking Russian um you know steroid you Olympic Olympic doctor. Uh anyways it's a great doctor but I think that that's what you do like um because I don't know what it is but it feels different now. Maybe it's the the corporatization of Husker football. Um I do think that Matt Rule and Trev Alberts feel more like old school Huskers than okay, the, you know, than the previous aid administration has. You mean like they then then the guy that was supposed to be our homegrown guy? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, and I get that. Dude. I get that, and I like. I think that while Scott Frost is what he is, I, I under I think I have a good understanding of what he is. Because I think okay. that if I was a football coach, I would be Scott Frost. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't be Matt Rule. I would have been Scott Frost. Um, you mean losing a lot or what? He, but you need to explain I don't think this. That, I don't think. I think Scott Frost lost a lot. I think that going to going back to Nebraska in hindsight, obviously, was the worst thing for Scott Scott Frost's career. I'll, I'll I think that had that. he gone to a different school, probably stayed at UCF a couple more years if he was smart, or went to maybe Florida, he would have had a much higher success rate. Less I pressure. I don't disagree with that either. Yeah. And he'd keep the Florida kids in state. You know, it's right there in the Bible where Christ comes back to his hometown and they don't accept him because they knew who he was. And he, he did two things. Scott Frost and Christ, and I'm not comparing the two. They're just this, this similar story. When you come home, and I, I never wrote this story on Coronation, and I wanted to write this story, and it's sitting around in multiple drafts. But I, it was a story that was entitled, Why Would You Ever Go Home? And it really, I, it started it, I, with, you know, Frank or Jim Harbaugh, because that's what I was thinking of when Jim Harbaugh went back to Michigan is why would you ever go home? And I know that, you know, like Dave Van Horn came to Nebraska as a baseball coach, had amazing success. And then he went back to Arkansas and he's had pretty good success there. But my thought is, is why would you go back to a place where everybody, there's so much baggage that you are carrying with you into that place. And at the same time, you got all the baggage that they're waiting to hand you, you know? Oh, we knew who you were when you did this. Like, you know, there's a lot of people in my life that say, well, you haven't changed a bit and they haven't seen me for 30 years. But the honest to God truth is I have changed quite a bit. I just not mm -hmm. outwardly for the rest of the world to see. So when you look right. at, you know, I mean, after I left my hometown, I go hometown, and in my hometown, I was a juvenile delinquent, and a lot of people thought I was on drugs and, you know, just a miscreant that was going to cause a lot of problems. Oh, guess what? They were right. But, you know, they didn't think I would ever be successful in anything. They thought I would be, you know, just a waste of time and stuff. Well, every time I went back to my hometown, I had to deal with some of those people again, you know, and because it never changed. It was like... Uh, if I make the reference Brigadoon, do you know what I mean? Um, I I think I would if you if you put it in context. Brigadoon is Brigadoon is a play about a town. I think where mm -hmm. these people. It's a play where these people are out in the woods and they run into I'm this a town. Major. And it, I was a theater major. I have a degree in theater. And it, and it turns out that the town only appears like once every a hundred years for a few days or something like that. So Brigadoon, when you reference Brigadoon, it's this thing that you know, this, this stuck piece in time where really things don't change relative to the rest of the world. And when a lot of times, if I go home, that's what I would think of is, you know, nothing ever really changed, but I but changed. changed. But when you go, yeah. when you go back, you're suddenly the same person, you know, that you left. And, and that is like, exactly Whoa, are you what gonna... happened to Scott Frost. My, yeah, I think he in a lot back. of ways, if, if, I, if I'm going to be gracious to him, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think that's true. But yeah, it really comes back to us. why would you ever go home to do this? Why would you ever go home to coach? Why would you ever yeah. go home? You know, why would you like that? Why would you ever go home? Period. Like for me, I mean, like my family's always like, oh, you should go back. You should come back. Why don't you come back? And it's like, you don't, you think you want me back because you have a memory <laughs> of what I'm not right. that guy. Anymore. I've lived in LA. I lived in Chicago and now LA, like I'm a, I'm not chill. I'm not, you know, like 
I don't chill well. I don't just hang out. Like I can't. I'm. I would. I would drive people bananas with my in with my intense need of doing shit right now. People would not want to be around me in Nebraska for very long. Plus, you know, plus it's this constant thing you have about talking in your ball about your balls in public. Probably that. I was doing that back then. That's one of the things that I was, has not. Okay. Changed. Okay. Oh, okay. Where'd we go? You, we were talking about doing another documentary. It would write itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, should we explore that, that any further? I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I mean, this, I'm not, I haven't fully sussed anything out. I just think that there's a, and both things can be, I think that's the other thing too is that both things can be true at the same time. You can have Husker fans can be great and have lost their way at the same time. Like, um, because the community that surrounds Nebraska is still the same thing. You know, I'm a Husker fan because my dad was a Husker fan and because I was from Lincoln, but I'm going to make damn sure that Axe is a Husker fan, you know? Right. He's five months now, and I read him the Husker history book all the time. Like, really? by all the time, I mean twice. He hates it. <laughs> um, Does he? Yeah, he cries every time. Well, he's only a few months old. You know what I mean? You're a yeah. new father. It's going to take him a few years before they're ready to actually play baseball. And I also, at, while he's crying, I just yell over him. So he has to listen. <laughs> you know? <sighs> you know, years ago, years ago, I took my kids. We Well, I didn't. My wife and I did. Heidi and I did. We took our kids to one of these. I It was like a Sesame Street on ice or a Sesame Street on the stage thing. Mm-hmm. And all these kids are sitting around us, you know, with their parents and everything like this. And this big booming voice comes over the intercom to announce that the show will will start in 15 minutes. And all of the children around us burst into tears. Just, ah, they're just like, oh, my God, it's loud. My kids are like, <laughs> I didn't notice it at all. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Anyway, uh Wait, Lost on, their way. I, you uh, have to what? I haven't been so taking gotta, any of these. Com- yeah, like, can we read some of these to- comments because they're really interesting. So one okay. guy says, "Sock motherfucker anymore." I don't know what that means. <laughs> I've been. I haven't been looking at these. So. Uh, um, and then another guy said, "Is the fan base any different than it was in the '80s, early 2000s, or, or '80s to the early 2000s, or is it just that everyone has a voice now on Twitter?" That's a phenomenal question. Where is that at? Uh, it's the third one. Oh, it's top. Terrell Farley's taint. Mm-hmm, See, which we, is the people great listen. People, people listen to this. Sh- God dang it! Okay, here it is. Terrell's. We have to read these because some people listen to this show as a podcast and not on YouTube. So Terrell's Farley's taint says: Is the fan base any different than it was in the '80s, early 2000s, or is it just now that everyone has a voice on Twitter? I think. I don't that, know. Let's think about that. Yeah, it's an interesting because co- I think about this every once in a while. Like, it's funny to me. Here's what I find the funniest about Husker fans. Sort of the timeline is the hum- we were so humble 
from the 70s to the 90s. Good game. Hey, go, go, great game. Now we're like the most arrogant. It's like we haven't been to a into a a, 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 a bowl a, game a game, you know, in six seasons, and here we are, arrogant as shit. Like Iowa on paper is it better than us? But we treat them like little bitches. And we will. I mean, and I don't blame, and I will too. I'm not going to say it's the wrong thing to do. I'm just saying it's from an outside perspective, people are like, Jesus Christ. It's kind of like, you know, like when you watch bar, when you watch street fights on YouTube, we all do this or world star world star, shout out worldstar.com. Uh, okay. And, uh, and you watch a street fight and there's always like that one guy that's like talking a bunch of shit and this other guy that's ignoring him. And then the guy just turns around and knocks him unconscious. That's what Husker fans have become. Just chippy you think so? Dude, it's bananas. At least it is. I mean, online it is. I haven't, you know, yeah, I go you, back to time. You, you, you have uh, been on Twitter too much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. No, World Star is still alive and kicking, bro. You haven't, I, oh I, man, you got to go watch World Star. It's the only place where you can see a chick's butthole and a bar fight in like the same 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> oh my god i haven't heard i haven't heard the phrase world star for a very long time okay uh is the fan base any different than it was in the 80s early 2000s i'd I have to agree think. with i'd have to agree with tweety i think that we're a lot more vocal but everybody's a lot more vocal yeah and that might be part of it is that uh we are uh you know people are not us but at people in general are reactive so it becomes like this echo chamber of like bravado and and hatred and drunkenness you know i guess you know i'll say this as an, as an older person i think the thing that always bothers me about getting older is that you know when you're when you introduce yourself as a fan or something you start like racking the first thing you do is start racking up the it's like a resume I've been a fan since Bob Devaney was five. You know yeah, what I mean? They, we always do yeah. this. It's 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 part of the dance we do as human beings. Where if you're going to get into a well in Nebraska, what I tell people about Nebraska is this: if you're going to get into a fight in Nebraska, and for example, if a guy walks up to you in a bar, when I was younger, obviously, a guy walks up to you in a bar and says, "Stop staring at my girlfriend." You have five seconds to decide to punch him or apologize. Whereas there's a lot of places where if a guy walks up to you in a bar and says that, you have to do the dance, right? Yeah. You know you who the fuck I fight. am. Yeah. Do you know who the fuck I am? Oh, fucking, you know what I mean? You're doing I feel like this you're thing. You're describing Los Angeles. <clears throat> yeah. But, you know, and that's why people have cultural problems when they run into each other. The Nebraska guy just smashes you in the face in five seconds and you mm -hmm. don't even know what happened. But, uh, where was I? But, you know, people tend to do this with our fandom. And I don't think that's been any different than it's ever been forever. Except yeah. that, you know, as, as you get older, you tend to look back and everything's changed and stuff. The, the thing I wanted to ask, though, is you felt like lost their way. Things have become more corporatized. And so that's the thing. Like, maybe the game has just changed. Maybe, you know, college football is more uh popular now than it was in the 90s 
Is it? You can you think watch so? every single. Oh, that is, that is true. That is true. You can, you know, back in the day, if you could watch three or four games a season, you, that was a good year. You know, especially for and 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 it was like three or four schools that was doing that. You know, right? It was bowl games, uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma. Eventually, Nebraska, Ohio. Colorado, which was like trash and then well i mean it, when you were but when i was young like in the 70s it was ohio state michigan was on every year oklahoma nebraska Notre dame michigan was a much watched game for everybody i mean there were a few of those and you didn't really see a lot of them but you're right now every game we can watch and every game we can i think the the corporate part is that I, I guess where that shows up for me in Nebraska football is that we have a heroes trophy for the Iowa game that everybody recognizes. We, a high we, v have, trophy. we have a high V trophy. I hate that trophy. Okay. Yeah. But the best trophy is still the broken chair trophy that hundred percent nobody, you, you know, the schools don't formally recognize because, Oh, well, you know, it's not corporate. There's not a sponsor behind it. It's not like the guys that started that trophy are complete batshit insane. In fact, I interviewed them once and I've talked to them a few times. And, you know, they both, they raised money for Team Jack in, in Nebraska. And I think it's the Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital or Minnesota's Children's Hospital something in Minnesota. And I, I asked these guys, why did you pick those charities? And one of them looked at me and he goes, who's going to say no to children? <laughs> so, I, you know, what you I know, think you they're know that, both that, for good causes and they've done a damn good job of raising money. But again, neither school will recognize them. Why? Because I guess there's not a bank there. You know, <laughs> dude, you know Which that, you know, really the Iowa shitty. Thing? you know how everybody praises Iowa for uh, that little wave they do between the third and fourth quarter right. or whatever it is. All right. I can think is that they're torturing those fucking kids by making them watch Hawkeye games. That's true. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, look what we're doing for the kids. It's like you're taunting them. You're like, hey, <laughs> watch this, this fucking bullshit eight times a year for three hours, you know. And then wave uh, at them like, oh, you got to watch this bullshit. Like, can you believe that? <laughs> I hate that shit. <laughs> I think okay. it's fucked up for uh, the kids. I, I yeah I I should we should go back and look through some of these. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, okay. A damn beast media. I think he might be a Georgia guy. I can never remember all of the guys, but if y'all think he says if y'all think college football is popular now, just wait until the expanded playoff arrives. A full month of the college football playoff popularity among the casuals will explode. For what it's worth, I'm not a fan of the, the expanded playoff. I I think he has a very good point about that. I think that it is gonna it's gonna take this thing through the roof. You know, I think you'd be Todd and I how many college ball fans are casuals as it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, how many, I know my that. Favorite thing, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say my favorite thing to do is when somebody's like, "I'm a Michigan fan," be like, "Name the second name the second string quarterback." <laughs> right. Todd and I Monday night talked to Scott Doctorman from he covers Iowa for the Athletic, and he said 
just think, you know, the first round of the playoffs is going to be a campus game. And he said, you know, for all the decades of all the great games, for example, that Nebraska has had at Memorial Stadium, just think if they get into the college football playoff and the first college football playoff game they have in Memorial Stadium will instantly become literally the biggest game in school history. You know? Yeah. I mean, imagine if we were playing Florida at home in the college football playoff. And, and imagine said that, I what, thought, go ahead. Imagine what that'll do for those small businesses downtown. Oh my God, you're right. I mean, wow. it's so like, if you love, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you love Lincoln, specifically Lincoln. I think that you have to root for the playoff, especially if there's going to be a campus game then. Um, it's going to do a lot for the community. It's also going to do a lot for Monsanto, and that's a whole other thing, but whatever. Okay, we're going to go with – oh, come on. I just had this. Terrell Farley's taint – says, imagine how bad Husker Twitter, Twitter will be if we are a top 10 team again. It'll be great. They'll be the kindest night. Well, that's not true, I guess, because the old people aren't on Twitter. It might just be a generational thing, too. My generation grew up on shit talk. <laughs> I mean, I was the first generation with gangster rap. You know, I was the fucking 14-year-old kid listening to Ice Cube, Predator, Maybe I was 12. You know, my brother wasn't, you know, I grew up on shit talk. I thought, I, I have I have actually thought about this. And I thought, you know, if we actually do get good on Twitter, particularly, am I going to be classy or become an even more insufferable son of a bitch than I already am? And I don't even think you have to think very long about which one of those I'm going to be. Because yeah, I, mean, uh, I, 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 I thought... I could just be nice and classy with people and say, oh, yeah, we won, and it was great and everything. Or I could just be, you guys fucking suck shit, and we're going to stomp your face into the ground from here on out. And guess mm. which one of those I'm doing. It, it sure as hell isn't going to be gracious because it's Twitter, number one. <laughs> right. And number two, it's built up inside. Uh-oh. That's my son. Yeah. Do you want to meet my son? Sure. Uh oh. Yeah, he's, he's the newest be, generation of Husker fans. He's gonna be ruined forever now. Okay, I'll give you back to Mama. Owen Walker says, "How you about forty-year-old millennials, John? I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean." Um, how do you? Feel I will about say this. I will see. I will see. Say this about uh, generation things. Everybody is a millennial to me. I know that there's like millennials, Gen Z, Gen Y, whatever they Gen X. I don't know what the hell the difference is. Everybody's a millennial, and you're all ruining everything or something. I don't know. Yeah. So you're all lumped together, and I think it's funny. I think it's funny is now that you have a kid. Uh, my Noah, my oldest, has turned thirty. And what I think is fun about getting older and everything is watching like him get to the age where they're starting to compare themselves with other generations where it was before they were just comparing themselves with me. <clears throat> and, uh, okay. 
Uh, fake Fred Sacco says fake news. John can't be any more insufferable. I can. Oh, I yeah, can. I've seen it. <laughs> okay. Uh, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself because a big dick in your ass is bad for your health. That's the Predator Ice Cube. Check yourself. It's that album. Ter- Terrell Farley Taint says I call anyone older than me a boomer. Uh, I am at the end of the boomer generation. I actually I, am. I think I think the boomers that. go to like 1965, and I was born in 62. Let's. Yeah, somebody called me a boomer once, and I was like, "You can't just start calling people boomers." You, you know what I mean? It's like a definition. I'm not a boomer. My brother's a boomer. <laughs> oh wait, Frack, Fred Sacco actually has a uh, a comment that's. A good comment. The fandom is basically the same it's been for the last decade. The, quote, normies, quote, who just enjoy it, and the, quote, crisis of the now people, who maybe one half equals the part Tweety says lost their way or and or jerks. I think you're probably right. And, and the thing is, is that those the, the crisis people are the ones that are the loudest. That's true. That's true. You know, and I mean, and, uh, and, and trust, I'm not, I'm not the good, I'm not the good kind of Husker fan. You're not. I love, I love to instigate on Twitter. I don't mean half the shit I say on Twitter. I just know it's going to rile people up and get them to fight. And then I laugh. Well, I, I do that too. Uh, oh my God. I had a thought and it went away. <laughs> This is common for this time of night. Uh, hey, all you young English boomers who legalized marijuana, oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> boomers. Yeah, right. Well, they're the ones in charge of the state capitals or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that uh, Joe Biden is the one signing that paperwork. <laughs> okay. It was made legal in spite of the boomers. So Nebraska, Nebraska, one of the things about the Nebraska, the, the Nebraska fans, us, I guess, it was really cold in Lincoln for the spring game and still 60,000 people showed up. Right. And I mean, does that, you know, I made this last video. I made this last video about all the Husker names. And, you know, I, I did an earlier one about 1890 when Nebraska started football. And I, I just on a on a whim, I posted it on our Huskers, the Reddit sub, the subreddit Huskers. And I really haven't posted on Reddit for a long time, but I thought I want more people to see this. And if they get mad at me because I thought they might have been just like, we don't allow that kind of promotion. But I got some really good comments. And one of those comments I think was on Reddit was that Nebraska, more than any place in the nation, you know, the state is tied to the football team. Mm-hmm. And, and we're the only, you know, the, and we're the only show in town too. But, but do you think that's true? Yeah. You don't think, 100%. what about Oklahoma? Oklahoma state's there. Right. We've also got oil fields. Did you know, did you know in the 1950s that Oklahoma very specifically went out and, Oh my God! Now I'm missing his name. The guy that won 57 straight games. He ended up being a commentator. For God's sakes, he's probably the greatest coach in Oklahoma history that nobody ever thinks of. 
But they very specifically went out. But Wilkinson. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, my God. I should have known this ahead of time. But they went out and very specifically decided that they were going to put all their money and effort into being a very good football program because they were tired of people thinking of Oklahoma just being full of reservations. So I think in a way, I know that Oklahoma State is there, but when you look at Oklahoma, everybody in the nation goes Oklahoma football, Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, they rarely think Oklahoma, don't you think? I think that might just be because we're from Nebraska. You really? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people think about Oklahoma football that much. I think that Nebraska is the one place where people go corn because because we're named after what we are. We're the corn huskers. We're the corn right. husker state. So it's identified. People kind of think it's like that we produce corn because our football team is the corn huskers when it's actually <laughs> the other way the around. Other way right. Around. <laughs> and like um you know, I don't, I don't know. But also, I mean, if you want to look at that route, then you have to go, I mean, Alabama. What's going to happen to – what is it? What's the football – is it Birmingham? What's what's the fucking football town in Alabama? Why am I not – Tuscaloosa? Think, thank you, Tuscaloosa. You think Tuscaloosa yeah. is doing real well if it isn't for the Crimson Tide? Well, you think they got a, You think they got a, a Nick Saban highway there too or – just slightly, like Crimson yeah. Tide Expressway or whatever the fuck goes through Alabama. All right, is there anything else that we should explore about your film? Is um, it still for sale? I mean, yeah, I still have copies of it. If somebody wants to DM me, we took it off all the website. I got sick of. I was just. I mean, it did really well for a few years. Right. Um. Then I was just sort of breaking even on the website and shit. So I was like, ah, it's not really worth it. It's a lot of work just to break even um, after like 10 years, you know, I mean, we finally, but if anybody wants a copy, I'll sell it to you for you could, shipping. You could just, you could just put it on YouTube. We've thought about that. That's actually not a bad idea. We've also thought about, cause I also have a billion little small clips that never made the, that never made um, the clip, the movie. That we were we were showing them on Husker Max for a long time, um, and those actually did almost better than the movie did. It felt like, um, really, yeah. Um, Husker Max gets a lot of clicks, but I know Coronation yeah, do. does too. Not, not to promote your, your no, it's your, okay. It's okay. I you know when people go out and search for Husker history, Husker Max has all of that stuff out there. Their wiki, they are linked to everything on Wikipedia about Nebraska. And that's all. History. That's all. Uh, that's all. The other guy, um, Joe, Joe Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Joe. He's like the silent. People don't realize how how much he's done for that website. He's the silent partner. I he's email him my links. He is. I think he's a former journalist, actually. Is he? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever met him. Uh, there you go. GC Yours, GC Yours says, do a documentary called Husker Fans Matter. <laughs> I'm really slow. Yeah. <laughs> All fans matter, GC yours. Yeah, see there? D D Lon Thug says, Do you have copies on VHS? 
No, but I can. <laughs> if you send me a camcorder, I can set up in my living room and record my TV playing it. Uh, you know, and then Fred Sacco comes back with John Lee needs a laser disc copy ASAP. I never yeah. owned one. I never owned one of those things. That was for rich people, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm not like broke now, uh, but I never owned a laser disc. Me neither. Uh, okay. Do we need to go anywhere else tonight with this show? That's up to you. Greg, Greg I mean, will do these things, and he'll go for like an hour and a half, and I just, oh, my God. yeah, It gets to be a little much for me, especially since this is later. But uh, Blaine Cole says, Tweety, please tell me you don't have Scott Frost tattooed on your knuckles. It's my son's name. Oh, my God. You, you got a tattoo on your knuckles. Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know this. Okay. A jab. <clears throat> And I, if you ever I, get a jab from me, you're getting all the power of my Axel. son behind it. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Ah, uh, dang it, I lost it. What is what is that damn demon dog's name of yours? Which one? The black one with the googly eyes that's, you know, Satan incarnated. Mishka? Oh, God. Yes. Put it close to the camera so people can see how evil it is. Mishka's the best. Oh, my God. The university is not in crippling debt. (laughs) Where do you come up with this stuff? (laughs) We're the only only university, I think, that has, like, zero debt. (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you what. uh, Houseman needs to get their shit together, though, or whatever. Is it Houseman's? Fred Sacco says, do a documentary on John and Todd's escapades. It's sidetracks. I imagine a lot of swearing and blurred out shit. Yeah. You know, Dude, my was, brother was, was a, a, um, <clears throat> was a, a security guard at sidetrack. When? Um, during their heyday. <laughs> In the eighties? He was like, yeah, eighties and nineties probably. Yeah. Oh, he probably actually knows who I am. <laughs> Do you know the security guard's uh, name? No, I don't remember most of those people. I remember the Sweet Potato Band guys, Paul and you know Paul and Joyce, and then a few of the other people. But, Joyce you know. is like was his really good friend. Yeah, she was pretty good. Okay, what what should we do with this show going forward? What do you mean? What do you want to invite guests on? That's what I'm looking to you to do. Um, go back well, and go go back and start dig. Find Barry Switzer's phone number and call him on a Thursday night at 9 p.m. Central and say, "Hey, you remember me? You Chick Fil A?" <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because people think that me and a lot of the interviews were actually Pat um, for the Cobcast because once I stopped doing the document, I mean, not all of them. Right. Aside from Grant, aside from Grant Wister, most of the bigger names were from me just because I knew them from making the movie. But he was the one that would like track down people. He was relentless. I mean, people don't people have no idea how close we were to getting Callahan on the Cobcast. Bill Callahan? Mm-hmm. Really? We were this close. And what would you um, have done with him? 
asked him, I would have treated him just like I treated uh, uh, Grant Wistrom. Okay. Do you I still mean, talk to Grant? No. No. I mean, he was a great guy. I'm sure if I reached out to him, you would – I don't know if he'd come on the podcast again, but, I mean, he did our podcast like seven times. Yeah, he, he did. did. And he – um, our last episode – because we started right. Wistrom Wednesdays. That's why. Right. Every Wednesday for like four years. That would be a great. Why the hell didn't he fire Cosgrove? God, it's such a. Anyways. Um, uh, every Wednesday for like four years, he would get inundated with people talking about how awesome he was. So like. um it became like a big thing at his gym because he owns a CrossFit gym. And so he was always just really cool to us because we started it. So like, <laughs> you know, but, um, but we weren't like buddies or with him or anything. He did our, the last show we had on, right. He did the last show with us. And, uh, and that was probably the, the last time I'll ever talk to Grant, not because anything bad happened, just because, you know, that shows, I mean, I don't even know if I, that, I don't even know if you would get if you'd respond to me on Twitter. To be honest, right? Well, that was then. This is now. Yeah, but I do know we can we can we can reach out to some people. Well, we, we might we as well. Forward. The best way to do it is you just give people the chance, the opportunity to say no. You'd be surprised who will say yes, and you'll be surprised who will say no, and you'd be surprised who wants to talk shit. Like we had, like remember that Husker that punched. The fan, I think it was a Missouri fan. Um, yeah. Do you remember him? I think so. After a game, he like yeah. punched a fan. So that like royally fucked his career. And like, <laughs> it, you know, and he came on and talked to us about it. Get Scott for God, I would do anything to get Scott Frost on. And the funny thing is, is I'd probably be the coolest person to him because I don't really have a whole lot of, I mean, he's sucked as a football coach in Nebraska, but other than that, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, but like, uh, uh, there's no hate in your heart. Not for Scott Fry. I get it. Okay. Okay. I get it. Um, Kellen Houston. Yes. Kellen Houston. Okay. We had him on and, uh, he, um, uh, he just wanted to talk shit. He just wanted to be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Like, he started off all kinds of like, you know, it was bad and da 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 and da 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 da. And then by the middle of it, he was like, man, fuck that guy coming up into my face. Like, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my God. See, this is why Greg should be here. I don't know how to end these things. I think we just stopped, don't we? It usually makes us yell something. Oh, the, the you mean the outro? Mm hmm. I've only done see, this is my third one. See, this is why this is why Todd and I, when I when we do our outro, we just say goodnight and then I mm -hmm. shut it off. That's why <laughs> we read Bobcast. We always all we waited for the outbeat, which would have been five minutes ago, and then somebody just yelled, "Fatty rides the bus." <laughs> what? And then we would all repeat it. Oh well, they're tell Terrell. Terrell Farley's tank comes in. That's why we did it. Just because that way it was everybody knew the episode was over when we yelled that. 
Okay. Well, Greg, Greg is a former radio guy, so he has that radio guy voice and that radio guy. Hey, uh, yeah. Hey, welcome to the Belgian Dicket. Uh, you wanna? <laughs> <laughs> All, hey, right. All right. Good night. And what did he say? Like, all right. Good night. Sleep tight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. This is the third time I'm trying to think of this. I used to have this written down. This is this is John Johnston reminding <laughs> you, as always, that five heart is all the heart you need. That's it. Go Big Red. Go Big Red. <laughs>